I'm Felina. And I'm Summer. And you are listening to Broke and Broken. <laughs> because we're both. The podcast about living your best life by getting real. Hey, broken people. I don't know if you noticed the intro was different today. Um, we have a new co-host. Her name is Felina. And she's really amazing. I met her in law school. So there's my deep, dark secret. A lot of you don't know. I went to law school. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I met Felina. And she's amazing. She's an artist. So why don't you just start with telling us what you want people to know about you first? Um, okay. Well, there's a lot of things that I do. Uh, I guess I don't, maybe they define me or maybe Maybe they don't, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, my name's Felina uh, Rivera. I have a nine-year-old daughter. Oh my uh, God, she's nine already. Yeah, I have a nine-year-old daughter. She, was, she was six months whenever I started law school. And uh, let's see, she's uh, she's the light of my life. She's a little sassy. Um, I am <laughs> she gets also, that from her mama. Yeah, she does. Uh, I'm an attorney, obviously, as well. Um, my, also my deep dark secret. I live two lives: uh, attorney by day, a musician by night. Mostly, uh, I'm a singer songwriter. Uh, I sing for a band called Felina in the Fields. I've been a solo singer songwriter for a long time. Uh, gave it up for a while and then started again about four years ago after my mom passed away. And uh, met my bandmates about a year ago, so we've been doing that. And uh, now I'm doing this. I've been in a. Was <laughs> in a. Why not? You yeah. Because why not? I, it's not like I ever sleep <laughs> anyway, right. so I might as well fill that non-sleeping time with more creative projects. That's right. And Felina is an angel. I just need everybody to know that. Because <laughs> the reason I love her so much, I had a, my youngest baby, a 2L year in law school, which in case anyone doesn't know is hell. And <laughs> I was desperate for a babysitter and she barely knew me. But I was desperate for a babysitter because I couldn't miss class for whatever reason. I don't know if there was an exam or something that day. So she watched my baby so I could go to class. Is it bad that I don't even remember that? No, it's not. Because I know <laughs> I it was not as out. traumatic in your life as it was to me. But I was sitting there crying when oh. I posted that on Facebook because I could not find anybody to watch him. And I had to go. And you volunteered. Well, I mean, that I mean that was why I started that organization in law school, parents attending oh, law that's school. Right, pals. I remember that. Yeah, because there was like thirty of us that had kids, mm -hmm. and you know we had everybody was like you know reliving high school. It seemed like, oh my God. you know, people were like you know yes. we have lockers and bells and prom and everybody and binge clicks. drinked and <laughs> yes. And so I was like, I can't do this. I need, and, and none of the other parents were like, you know, they needed a respite as well and some oh, support. Yes. Oh, so yes. it was nice to pair up with all the other. Parents. It really was. Yeah. It helped a lot. I don't know that I would have got through it without it. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have PTSD about law school. I, I just kind of blocked it out. <laughs> yes. There's a lot I don't remember, but I do remember that. I do. I also remember breastfeeding my baby in class. We had a <laughs> international indigenous people's law or whatever. Uh -huh. So we're on like the closed circuit mm -hmm. television with classes in like four other countries around oh my the God. globe and I'm like nursing my baby and nobody in any of those countries thought anything about it right but the people in our classroom of are like, course what like, oh my god kids gotta eat okay just, yeah, just me alone. deal with it we're trying to do something with our lives here exactly you know anyway <laughs> so tell me about your background where'd you grow up uh, I grew up in Guymon, Oklahoma, small town. In, <laughs> Google it, people. No one yeah, knows where that is. a small town in the panhandle <laughs> of Oklahoma. Uh, it's called No Man's Land for a reason. There is nothing out there. There is a pig farm out there. Oh, a pig yeah. farm. Yeah. Um, and my dad immigrated there. He's from San Luis Potosí, Mexico. 
And what part of Mexico is that it's in? It's like southeast central. Okay. Uh, if you're looking at the uh, the whole country of, of Mexico, sort of the east central side. Um, but uh, yeah, he immigrated here uh, in the 70s with his three three of his brothers. Um, and I'm, I don't, the story that they all tell, none of it matches up. Um, <laughs> all my family stories are like that Yeah, too, I mean, like, <laughs> none of the brothers have the same version of how they came to the U.S. Okay. Needless to say, it wasn't legal. Right. Uh, <laughs> my dad's a citizen now. Okay. And he's, like, the proudest American oh, I know. Really? I mean, I was in second grade whenever he went to, or third grade, third grade, and he uh, got sworn in as a citizen in Dallas and... You know, like he—he's so proud of that, and um, he's worked in the oil field uh, most of his life since mm-hmm. he he came here and he farmed, which was what a lot of immigrants right. did. And the family that he was farming their land on, they were like, "Oh, we're gonna get in trouble with child services. This kid is what, like small. Like my dad was small for his age. He was also like 14. Okay. And so they kind of took him in and put him <laughs> in school, and. Uh, when he got found out, kind of put him in hiding and mm-hmm. uh, kind of did some shady things nice. to help him eventually get a uh, legal status. Uh, I mean, he had a fake okay. marriage, I found out. Oh, when really? I was 18, I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, she was like wow. the lady at my candy store when I was in elementary school. <laughs> didn't know my whole childhood why this lady was so nice to me all the time. Found out when I was 18. Oh, because she had a fake marriage with my dad so that maybe he could be oh, legally funny. in the in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, when he married my mom, which was for true love, uh, he actually got legal status and eventually okay. uh, became a citizen. Uh, but, yeah, so I grew up in Guymon with my dad. My parents got divorced when I was four, and uh, my dad got custody, which was a weird deal. It was a small town court in Chickasha, and... Uh, and the judge uh, decided that my dad, my a neighbor testified that my dad was responsible for my religious upbringing, and so that the judge thought that my dad needed to have custody. My dad, a single Mexican man who was not a citizen of the state, should have custody of me over my mom because she was in nursing school and wasn't around a lot. Yeah, because it's the Bible Belt. Because it's the fucking Bible Belt. <laughs> <laughs> Which I tend to be yeah. pretty hard on. Yeah, yes, um, we're yeah. in the buck. We're the buckle oh. of the Bible Belt, and I yes. mean, and I'm also not Christian. I uh, <laughs> was raised Lutheran growing up, but no, no more. Not into organized religion. Yeah, so, I was not my a thing. preacher's kid. Oh wow. <laughs> So I have a very, shall we say, strained relationship with organized religion. Yes, yes. I find a lot of people uh, around here have a strange relationship with religion, especially those of us who went to college and discovered psychedelics and and (laughs) they'll change your life. Saw reality. (laughs) Who saw the Matrix? They're like, oh, oh, it's now I see. Now Now I I see. see. Happiness is a choice, and you know there is no uh, God who's going to damn me to. Imaginary hell. Yeah. Anyway. I'm at the top of everybody's <laughs> prayer list. My family. Although they are happy now that I'm finally, because I was in, up until last year, I was in a poly relationship for four years. Mm-hmm. I was second wife. And they were very opposed to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they liked her, the first wife. They loved her, but mm-hmm. they were still very opposed to this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now they're at least glad I don't have that anymore. In fact, my dad earlier this year asked me, he's like, so do you have a man? 
like, oh, there's always somebody in some capacity. Right. Yeah. Answer, right. I'm like, eh, there's always somebody in some form. And he's like, is he married? No. Well, I already like him better than the last one. <laughs> okay, Dad. Yeah, I mean, I think my dads really want their little girls to have another man to take care of them. It's so archaic. Well, he's but, not so much that way. We were taught to take care of ourselves. That's but good. he still likes the, um, even though he's not a, a, he's not preaching anymore, he's, mm-hmm. he's back in church again. I'm telling you, my parents were... And I take back, by the way, some of the nice things I said at episode six <laughs> about my family. <laughs> there have been some recent developments. I am not very happy with them right now. Uh, <laughs> and um, they were, they had become very, a lot more tolerable, compassionate, nice people. But in the last year-ish, they've started going back to church, to an evangelical church. And yeah, <sighs> it's. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad again, and I'm just like, no, I can't do this. So I, I don't understand the brain and how there are. It seems to be that some people are just so desperate to have some ideology to cling to mm-hmm. to define how they're supposed to live their lives for them. Yeah, I yeah. I don't understand it. I, I keep threatening to go back for PhD, for to study psychology and groupthink. Like, well, that would be my dissertation. Would mm-hmm. be on groupthink. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if I didn't have all these kids to take care of, I probably would. But <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's kind of baffling. Like on the one hand, I get it clinically, but on the other, it's maddening that. And it's I mean, so I think I've always been a questioner. I mean, I almost didn't get confirmed. In the Lutheran Church. Oh, that's right. That's that whole yeah, process. Yeah, we went. In yeah, uh, in eighth grade, you're confirmed. You go. It's like I can't remember if it was two or three years, um, but uh, upon the eve of my confirmation, my my pastor or minister told my mom, I don't know if she's ready because uh, she asks too many questions. <laughs> How dare you? Ask I couldn't those take the Selena. the explanation of just have faith. Like that just right. didn't do it for it me. It just is, don't you know? Yeah, like it didn't do it for me. I always had so many questions. But I, I got confirmed, you know, and that I guess meant something to me at the time. Uh, but I remember being 16 or somewhere around there and reading a book called um, The Celestine Prophecy mm-hmm. by James Redfield. And it talked about auras and energy <laughs> and coincidences. And right. and I was like, oh, and it really, you know, in hindsight, it's like a, you know, my first uh, philosophy book, you know, and and but it opened my eyes to a lot of things and made me realize that I wasn't alone in the way I thought about things and questioning things right. and thinking maybe there was something else another way to be another way to think yeah it's kind of liberating when you get to that point and you you can break away from those Mm -hmm. expectations that you've been conditioned to yeah and unfortunately I mean my dad he's an interesting fella himself I mean he's an immigrant he's also a third degree black belt in uh jujitsu and uh so he teaches jujitsu and and uh in that regard he was really into eastern culture okay and so I was exposed to that growing up and and my dad, you know, you'd think he'd be like a you know, typical Mexican Catholic, but he's not. Uh, we didn't go to the Catholic church growing up. Uh, he didn't throw me a quinceanera. Like, I didn't. And I was kind of bummed about that I was going to say, you like, missed that big dress. I kind of wanted to do that. I, and I missed that. I kind of want to do it now. I mean, we'll have to talk about that. Maybe we can. Uh, <laughs> we can throw a good kick can come up with some new we? theme. Yeah, for being in your 30s. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> That's right. But, uh, but yeah, and then my mom, like, she's the reason I went to the Lutheran church. 
Um, but she uh, actually, her and I kind of cha- like evolved together. Like as it, we grew together uh, away from that way of, of thinking. And That's when nice. she, by the time she passed away, I mean, she was uh, agnostic and okay. uh, you know spiritual and, and uh, very much an empath and, and knew there was more, you know, there is definitely an energy about her and, and she was a cancer nurse. So she was like, oh, wow. she was truly an angel. Like she would take on her patient's pain and, and she really, that's she tough saved for an empath because you yes. feel bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she was ill herself. And so, you know, that eventually uh, opioids and whatnot yeah. uh, took their toll on her body and she passed away way too young at 54. Um, but um, I was fortunate when it came to my religious upbringing that I was pretty free to change my mind as I wanted. I didn't really have anybody pushing me one way or another. And uh, so I'm sure it would have been, maybe it would have been a lot different if I would have had a parent who really expected me to believe a certain way. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got on this religious topic. I don't know. (laughs) It's what we do. We talk about all the uncomfortable things we can tell you not to talk about. Yes, yes. You know, it's what it's what Summer does. She pushes people to the uncomfortable topics. Yeah, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what else. Now you're raising your daughter on your own. I am. Uh, I mean, my ex-husband right. is co-parenting. Yeah, right? we we co-parent. He's a, he's a pretty good guy. I mean, he and I, uh, you know, just aren't right for each other. And we you know, I met him when I was pretty young, and he's extremely emotionally supportive, which was what good. I needed at a young age. I was twenty. 21 when we met okay. and uh, but you know eventually I I feel like I kind of outgrew that relationship and you know nothing wrong which, with that which I think is what we're supposed to do actually. yeah I just grew in a yeah. different way and he's you know got a different life and just a different way he wants to live his life than I do but we do a pretty good job of keeping Sophia first I mean you know our divorce was super amicable okay you know we like lit a six pack and wrote down who was going to get what and... <sighs> my favorite kind <laughs> we do a lot of family law and that's how i'm always like can't okay yeah can yeah. we agree on something yeah let's and... not fight over extension yeah. cords that was a real case <laughs> oh my god fighting over extension cords i'm like i'll buy you each a new one if y'all stop fighting <laughs> for real yeah, no, well, and it also, I mean, we don't argue because the day that we went to the courthouse and finalized our divorce that morning, we sat before the judge and signed our papers and did all the things we needed to do. We went to the diner and, and had breakfast together. And then that evening, my mom passed away that same day. Oh, I didn't realize that was the same day. The exact same day. Wow. And my ex-husband is the one. a rough day for yeah, you. Yeah, uh, my ex-husband's the one that told me. And he came to get me, and he was more of a husband and friend to me that day than he'd ever been. And, you know, just took care of me and was whatever I needed him to be. I mean, my oh, mom was his mom, too, that. you know. How long were you guys together? Ten years. Okay. So yeah. I mean, we, we had only been married for, well, I guess we were married for seven total. We were together for three or four before. Um, but, I mean, we had moved out. He had moved out of our house about a year before our divorce finalized. And my mom was the one who helped furnish his new place. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, she was just like that. I mean, she just would give anybody anything that they needed. And so when that happened, I mean, it was like he lost his mom, too, you know, because she was family, yeah, too. I mean, we've been together important. for a decade. Yeah. So it's kind of like all, like, any animosity or anything that you know, couples tend to have after they divorce, like it all just kind of went away. There was just, there was I mean, no room for that. There was no room because yeah. uh, we'd lost such a, a great soul in my mom. And so, you know, 
we've just kind of gotten along ever since. You know, there, we've had our tiffs. Like yeah, everybody yeah. does. I mean, his stripper ex-girlfriend was a point of contention for a while, but uh, <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> only because her influence on my daughter, on our daughter. You know, just a little concerned about some of the people that were coming around, but not her profession itself. Right. Yes. Just the. We, we are very supportive. Yes. Of yes. Super supportive workers. of that. Yes. It was just there were. You know, unfortunately, I think drugs and, and things tend to be in that scene. And so there were concerns. But right. other than that, we've we've had a pretty amicable <laughs> relationship. That's good. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. So how did you become a singer-songwriter, Felina? Uh, <laughs> I... This is something I didn't know about you during law school. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, I've sang since I was a little kid. You know, I was always wanting to, to sing. I always wanted to be the center of attention I was dancing and I mean worship me people worship me um yeah no I just always was a little performer and uh I could sing from a really young age I liked choir and all that and as I got older I'd sing the national anthem for like high school football games and stuff and uh finally my mom bought me a guitar when I was 17 I think and one of my uncles knew how to play. My mom knew how to play a little bit. And everybody just kind of taught me a little bit here and there. When I went to college, I was odd and weird and didn't have a lot of friends and didn't understand that there was this whole arts crowd I could have right. joined up with. Right. Um, I did. I mean, I guess I did speech and debate in high school, which okay. was another, you know, artistic outlet that kind of led me to, to law performance. And law school, <laughs> yes. Um uh, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of started writing songs. The first song I wrote, I wrote when I was 18, and I used lyrics from a poem I had written when I was 16. I was always, I was always super freaking emotional and intense and dramatic. The so, best of us are. Yeah, so I had like tons of poetry and things, and finally, you know, I just figured out how to put some chords together. I have no musical theory background knowledge whatsoever. Yeah. I just have an ear, and so I play by ear and and write songs and usually my best songs come out when I'm feeling super super strongly emotionally about something it doesn't matter what it it is in particular my you know two best songs in my opinion one I wrote shortly after my mom passed away and it came out just like within 45 minutes of just you know just came out of me and same thing after a a recent breakup and it's it's an angry song But it's a good one. <laughs> Those breakups can produce some Oh, yes. Songs, it's a they? great one, though. <laughs> I'll, I'll play this. it for you sometime soon. You'll love the lyrics. Oh, that'll be great. Um, but yeah, so I just kind of, I, I just, it, it was funny. Like, my dad wasn't really into supporting my artistic side. My mom always was. My dad put an ad in the back of my yearbook. Congratulations to my future lawyer. Like no. Oh really? Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> that was the plan. Huh? Or anything. Yeah, and I wanted to make him happy, of course, you know. Um, but my mom was super supportive of my artistic side, and it seemed like every time I would stray away from music, it somehow would end up coming back to me. And I played a little bit when I was in my early twenties around Norman during undergrad, but like you know, got married and had a kid and all those things, and then went to law school and. After my mom passed away, I it was what healed me. Like, I started playing again. I needed an outlet again. Like, the first thing I did was I went to her house and grabbed her ovation guitar. Because I knew that was meant for me. Right. And I grabbed a big box of poetry and Aww. writing that I knew she had in her closet. 
and took it home and almost immediately started reading and writing and that was how I spent time with her right. after she Those passed away. Mean the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to know her again and and uh, used a lot of the things that I read to write new material and have been doing it ever since. So yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> All right. So, what what else do you want to talk about, Felina? Um, hmm. Got anything controversial or shocking? Um, we're gonna see. make sure you're unelectable in the Bible Belt, like me. Oh Lord. <laughs> I mean, right now, like I am just dealing with being single again. Uh, right. It hasn't been long, has it? No. I was recently dating uh, a man who turned out to be a sociopath. Those are uh, fun. Yeah, they're super fun in that way that isn't fun at all. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in that way that makes you question everything about yourself. And uh, yeah, I mean, I had, after my mom's passing, you know, worked really hard to build myself back up. And then I met this man who was also an attorney who worked at the same firm as I did. And I initially did not like him. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he was off-putting in a weird way, and I, I couldn't really put my finger on it. I thought he was attractive, but there was just something about him that was off-putting. But eventually, he kind of grew on me, and we became friends. And he was always wanting to hang out with me and spend time with me. And... So he was con- continually pursuing? Yeah, I mean... Like they tend to. Yeah, and I didn't really realize it at the time. Like, I thought he just wanted to be my friend. But eventually we got drunk and hooked up, you know. Right. And, like you and, and and he's super intense and comes across as very passionate and kind and uh, it's really all a facade and it took so long to see the cracks in the facade, right. you know, cuz he puts on a pretty good show. He's he's mastered that mask that he wears around because he really does not like himself. I mm. mean, it, 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 he really doesn't like who he is. And when the facade cracks and the anger comes out, he's been abusive to past uh, girlfriends, I found out. You know, slammed their heads against car windows, nice. uh, kicked dogs with the steel-toed boots. Oh. You know, he's he can be really crazy. Yeah. And he tries to hide all that instead of deal with it. I don't think he's capable of dealing with it. I think there's something broken in his brain that he just can't. And I feel sorry for him, honestly. Right. Um, but he's highly manipulative and, uh, you know, throughout the two years of our relationship, he did a lot of emotionally abusive things to me that made me feel fucking terrible about myself. And he was masterful at turning around those things and making them my fault, making me feel like I was at fault for literally everything. The gaslighting is real. It is so real. And I had never had it done to me before. And I'm so trusting. And I loved him so much that I was willing to try and see everything the way that he did just to try and make the relationship Mm -hmm. work. Right. Because he really presented himself as like on paper, he should be this great catch. He comes from this great family. He's an attorney. He's a musician. Also, we had all this stuff in common. But there's just the whole time, you know, I didn't trust him completely. And he would always accuse me of being paranoid. And I'm like, "Mm," you know, my gut was telling me. You were feeling it. I was feeling it. I could never fully trust him. I didn't feel comfortable around him completely. He caused me great anxiety Mm -hmm. all the time. So much so that it pushed me into therapy. Um, You know, I thought all of our relationship issues were my fault. 
And so I started going to therapy. I mean, at his recommendation, of course, you know, because he had convinced me that, yes. that everything was my fault. So I should really go to therapy to figure out what was wrong with me so that I could save our relationship. Um, but it kind of backfired because what happened was I dealt with my abandonment issues, which was why I was having a hard time walking away from him right. to begin with. And I kicked him to the curb. So. Good for you. Yeah. And then I found out all sorts of crazy, like even more crazy shit after we broke up. And so... Really? Isn't it interesting how you always find out the stuff oh that God. would have been helpful after the fact? And oh, you're yeah. Like, Why didn't nobody tell me this well, before? I didn't that would have helped. motherfucker was a sociopath. Right. My therapist, when I told her we broke up, she was like, I'm not supposed to be happy about this, but I'm thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was a sociopath, right? And I was like, no, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, you have to figure these because things I out for yourself. Because I have to help you figure it out. Yeah. That's kind of frustrating to yeah. me. Like, I want you to tell me. Yeah. But then you won't play. Well, and he, you know, there were a lot of red flags along the way. Like, anytime he would talk about a previous relationship, it was always the other person's fault entirely. He couldn't, he never spoke about anything mm-hmm. that he had learned from his past relationships. It was always just these, his ex's fault. Yes. Anytime they're like that, that means run. And and he would compare, like he would do fucked up things like, and I, and I found out that he did this to previous girlfriends as well. Because I like, now I'm friends with his I'm very good friends with his his previous girlfriend of like seven years. How did that happen? Oh, it's a crazy <laughs> story. It's so crazy. Uh, so she's a she's a singer. Also, okay. he has a so type. He has a type. He All has right. a type. Um, he likes strong women who he can tear down. It really That's is a really big appeal to some men. He likes strong, confident, talented women who he can take down a peg or two who are Mm -hmm. are nurturing and kind and giving and vulnerable. Yeah, because it gives them that power. Yeah, yeah. He likes to feed off of their light and then blame them when when their light seems to be dimmed, Uh, even though he's been the one that's sucking the life out of them. Uh, But anyway, uh, yeah, no, she is a a singer as well, and they're from the same area, uh, Illinois area. And uh, she hosts a... uh, a show at a, a lesbian, gay and lesbian bar okay. in, in Oklahoma City uh, called the Girl Crush Show. And uh, uh, whenever I, I, think, I can't remember, I think I had a friend who's a, mu- a mutual friend uh, send me a post on Instagram because they were looking for more singer songwriters to perform. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out not knowing it was her. I knew who she was, but I didn't know she was the one hosting it. And so I responded. And, uh, I mean, she knew who I was, mm-hmm. but she was super cool. And like, we met up and I went and performed and, you know, I think Ryan's name was mentioned once, but we didn't really talk about him and, you know, it was, and it was all good. And I should note that she is now married to a woman. Okay. So, which is awesome, but really fucks with my ex's psyche. And I love oh, it. Really? That's yes. great. <laughs> really fucked with his ego because he used to talk about it all the time. I think it's hilarious now. Uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, and so, like, we met that one time, and she was super nice, and then, like, that was, like, in February, and then when I broke up with him in, in May, she was, I, and that night that we had met, I, like, wanted to talk to her. Like, my question I wanted to ask her was, has he always been this self-absorbed? But I couldn't bring myself to ask her that night. But I did the night after we broke up. I reached out to her oh, wow. and was like, I don't know who else to talk to, but I know you know him, and I feel like I've been being emotionally abused, and I just kind of have some questions. Like, Mm -hmm. would you be willing to come talk to me? And she, like, immediately responded, immediately met up with me. We ended up talking for, like, three or four hours, 
and found out just all sorts of crazy shit that he had done to her. And it was it mirrored everything that he had done to me. Wow. You know, I mean, just, um, you know, he had moved uh, away from her, cheated on her, um, been physically abusive of her, emotionally abusive of her, manipulative, just all, you know, and there were, he would, he would do things, he did this to me too, he would compare uh, sexual prowess with previous girlfriends or other girls. Oh, that's, yeah. Or use it as leverage to get mm-hmm. something that he wanted. Like, it was just mm. abusive. Yes, that's... And manipulative. Oh, it sickens me. Like, he, it, now, it just makes me sick to think about it. Because I don't think he's capable of real feelings. You know, it's all just a game, and everybody's just a pawn. Mm-hmm. You know, and he puts on a good show. He really does. But when you try to call him out on things, and you call him out repeatedly, the, the cracks start to show, and the rage starts to show, and he can't keep it in, and he'll... He'll scream at you. He'll be ugly. You yeah. see the ugliness. You know, he, the last bit I had was him screaming at me to shut the fuck up. Repeatedly. Lovely. As I was crying. And, uh, and I was like, no, no more. Like, you don't get to talk to me this way. And there's, you don't love someone and talk to them this way. Like, you obviously don't love me. And it's because I thought there was something wrong with me. But there wasn't. There was something wrong with him. He's just not capable right. of love. And I actually feel really sorry for the girl that he's with now. Uh, he kind of copy and pasted her into the life we had because she lives here and he lives in another state. And uh, I just hope that she sees it sooner than I did. Right. That's all you can do is just hope they figure it out without being there so long. So I like immediately wanted to start dating afterwards because I was like, fuck that guy. Like he wasted so much of my life. So I've been serial dating (laughs) without really dealing with anything. So I kept like crying on first dates. Oh, no. so, How many times did you do that? Three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> How did the guys respond? And it wasn't always the first date. Sometimes I lasted to, like, the third date. Oh, wow. But it's always it's some sort of, like, drinking too much slash not eating. Oh, and then slash, those emotions over, yes. boil over. Yeah, and so then I would start crying. And, and like, oh, they would do or say something that was just, like, remotely, faintly remind me of my ex, you know, even though it had nothing oh. to do with them. And it would trigger something in me, and I would just start crying <laughs> and one guy handled it really well uh, and he really liked me for it but I he was too timid and just wasn't for me ah. and one other guy made him run and run for the hills um <laughs> and another guy actually we're friends now oh, so like good. it's yeah I mean it's all fine you know I just now I'm like I'm taking a break yeah I think I'm gonna take a break see I don't really <laughs> date like I might go on dates occasionally not very often usually I just meet up with guys <laughs> But I do when 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 a relationship ends, I have a three day rule. And I, oh, I want to hear that. Go ahead and email me with the the, the slut shaming if you want. I don't care. Um, so I have a three day rule because you know the best way to get over one guy is to get, get under, under another one, one. Yeah, two or three. And um, so I have never gone more than past the third day after the breakup without hooking up with someone else. <laughs> Usually, I love you. You're my hero. <laughs> usually the first day is a little too soon for me. I'm still in my feelings. And uh-huh. I don't want to like, you know, mm-hmm. start mm-hmm. thinking I have feelings for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know, I usually make it past the first day. It's almost always second day. <laughs> There's usually, I mean, it's not that hard to find a man willing to hook up, right? Right. <laughs> and I yeah. have friends that I have sex with. So a lot of times it's one of them. So, yeah. you know, but then if it gets to be the third day, and I still haven't found anybody. Okay, that's when like the random tender guy is gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And then I will block him immediately after, and he will never hear from me again. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, I love guys, you. guys, if anybody hears this that has been in that position, I know there's a few of you. I uh, love you. That's <laughs> hilarious. You know, they probably don't mind. I mean, I, you go into it knowing what bo- you're... Neither one of us bothered to ask last names or anything, so I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm assuming they never expected to hear from me again either. Yeah. But we knew what we were there Yeah, for. if you know what you're, you know, if you're both <laughs> on the same page, you're yeah. all adults, you know. So, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I have, like, a friend, yeah. who. I think everybody should have at least yeah. one friend. Which, and I... I have a couple. I actually, like, really love him. And, yes. you know, like, we would have... We'd make a great couple, but he can't get his shit together and be what I need. And he knows that. And, like, you know, but yes. we still love each other. So, oh, yeah. you I, know, I whatever it happens. Yeah. It's know. never going to work together. No. But we're, but we're great friends. Yeah. We can talk about anything. Uh-huh. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I want a relationship. Like, I really want a partner. Really? Yeah, I really do. I'm, like, such a romantic. I really <laughs> I don't know do. If I do or not. I don't think I do. I do. It might happen eventually, but I, I'm not looking for it. I, it's, like, even hard for me to admit it, too. Really? Yeah, like, it's really hard for me to admit that. But I really to do. To feel vulnerable. Yeah, no, but I think it's better to just own it. Yeah. You know, like, I really want that. But it needs to be somebody who's emotionally supportive. Right. You know, because I have a lot of fucking feelings. <laughs> Big feelings. I have a lot of really large feelings. <laughs> And I need somebody who can handle that. I need a, <laughs> that can be hard to find. I know, and I don't understand it, because I'm the fucking catch, man. You are. Like, I got a lot of shit going for me, and I, I don't need any, I don't need anyone, is the right. thing. Like, I am financially secure, I uh, am emotionally, I've got so many friends to lean on, you know, when I can't do it for myself. Right. Um, you know, I don't necessarily need a man to be totally emotionally supportive, but I need... I, I want to have sex for one, like that's important. Consistently, regularly, ideally with someone I love, because it's better when it's with someone you love. You know, I love that intensity, and you know, I want that. And uh, I think that's why I like my friends. Well, yeah, benefits because I love them like more than I'll ever love any partner <laughs> ever. Maybe you just no, haven't found the right friend with benefits. I, don't know. <laughs> I have a couple. You want to borrow one? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. We can reach a deal. I will pimp you guys out for a low, low price. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see how desperate I get in the right? next few months. Yeah. You know, that, like, part of me thinks I would like a relationship, but then the other part of me is like, do I really want to try monogamy again? Maybe if I had a guy, maybe if I found a guy who was okay with Polly. Maybe I know so. they're out there. I mean, I've been poly yeah. before. Oh, I'm sure they are. But, like, it's so hard to find a man, especially close to my age, who can keep up with me sexually. So I'm going to need more than one. Interesting. Yeah, so most of, my, um, most of my guys that I hook up with are, like, around 27, 28. Mm-hmm. Because guys my age, I mean, they, they're good and they know what they're doing, but mm-hmm. they just can't do it often enough. Right. Yeah, no, I've been through this. No, I completely understand. Completely yeah. understand. Uh, yeah, and usually I'm like that as well, but lately my vagina's like... <laughs> Maybe not so much. No, like my vagina knew before I did that I needed to stop dating. Like, oh, really? Yes. Yeah, it's like, no, we're just not... No, in, I'm done. Yeah, like it, it's, it's been giving me all sorts of problems. And, oh, no. Yeah, I, and, and so it was like I, I un- unwillingly had to stop hooking up with a bunch of guys which was how I was not dealing with my 
emotional abuse issues right. from my last relationship. I was just, you know, pretending that didn't happen. And, and my vagina was like, nope, nope, no. nope. We're going to make it where you can't have sex for right. a while. Now you're going to have to deal. Your body will find a mm-hmm. way to force you to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I like, can't, I'm like, I'm a Scorpio. I think I have to admit it to myself finally out loud, which I've never wanted to really own this, but I'm going to say it right now. I'm a jealous person. Okay. I, I, I could not be in a, in a, a polyamorous relationship because really? I would kill a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I'm good if I'm second. I don't know if I could be first. I, I don't know if I could be first. I, I think feel like maybe... I have, as first, you have all the responsibility, and yeah. I don't want to share you if I'm the one taking care of your ass. Yeah. But if I'm just the side piece, fuck it. I can do that. I've I been the side you. piece. I can do that. I've I been, can do that. I've been the side piece. Yeah. It's fun. It's easy. It's, fun, it's low commitment. Get the fuck out of my house when we're yes. done. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> I have done that. Okay. That I have done. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if I'm number one, there is not going to be a number two. Yeah. I will I murder you. I don't, I don't think I can be primary. I don't think I can be primary and share and share them. Probably no, not. No. So. Or, I, I don't know, maybe I could as long as I have others, too. Like, whatever you can do. Like, I'm not jealous and I can share as long as you understand that whatever you can do, I'm going to do. do. Too. So if you're talking yeah. to other people, I can talk to other people. If you're fucking other people, trust me, I'm fucking other people. <laughs> and I don't feel obligated to tell you the details. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe I could do that after being in a relationship for a long period of time. Okay. Like, I think I could, if I developed the trust with a partner mm-hmm. to where, like, we knew that we were in it together, but we had these other needs. Okay. That I think I could do. But I have that foundation. Yeah, but I, I've never gotten to the point where I had that foundation a strong enough foundation with someone to feel comfortable exploring beyond the relationship and still maintain the relationship. So I think I could probably do that. Um, but that's all hypothetical because right. I'm still looking for my for my, my one. I mean, I don't believe in just the one. I don't either. But I'm looking for a one. A one. Yeah. <laughs> who can, uh, you know, fulfill me sexually, who is uh, emotionally supportive and strong mm-hmm. and can also fucking stand up to me. Like, I can right. be really strong-willed and, like, you know, have my mind set on something and I need somebody who can be like, shut the fuck up and listen, there's another side. Right. You know? Which was weird because the the sociopath that I, that I was with was actually pretty good at that, obviously. Right. And I liked that. I was going to say, is that part of what you liked about him? It was him? part of what I liked about him because I like to be dominated a little bit, especially sexually. So maybe that's maybe you don't need a boyfriend. Maybe you just need a dom. Maybe so. <laughs> There's websites know. for that. I know. <laughs> I probably need to explore more. It just takes so much effort. I just need somebody to come find me. Uh, <laughs> now I'm putting myself out there. So <laughs> you'll hear the email at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my email is about to blow up. Isn't it? <laughs> Uh, but what was I saying? Now I'm embarrassed. Uh, I don't know what I was saying. You were saying you're a sub. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I I still like to be on top, but, uh, but yeah. And, but in other ways, like I just have to make decisions all day, every day. I'm a single mom. I'm a fucking attorney. I'm, I'm hustling all day, every day of my life. I want to be with somebody who admires that about me. Wants to take the fucking weight off of me sometimes. Right. You know, like, who sees that and doesn't want to add to it. 
they want to alleviate some of it. Right. You know? And I'll do the same for them, but like that's been the fucking struggle is I can't find a man mm-hmm. who wants to do that. And I'm also attracted to. <laughs> right. That's been my, that's one of my hesitations about any sort of relationship is I want to demand your time. And that's what I tell people up front. Look, I don't have time for a full-time man. Yeah, no. Because if you're you're too busy, yes, I'm fucking too busy. I'm working three jobs here, mm-hmm. you know, between my my nine to five and the law firm I work for and the art. Like, mm-hmm. no, I don't have time to take care of you. Yeah. And you can't be like, oh, can you cancel or call into no, work? No, no, I can't. I can't. Cancel. Yeah. No, I know. I want somebody who can integrate, who finds my life interesting enough to integrate into it, you know, or at least has their own shit going. That's what I know? want. Somebody who's got their own shit and they're motivated and that's, yeah. that's the type of people I surround myself with. And that's Yeah, you know. me too. And it'd be nice to find someone who like eventually would want to build a partnership, like a creative partnership, you mm-hmm. know, like I'd love to... You know, find another guy who likes to write music, and we write music together, and that's such a fucking cheesy cliche <laughs> thing to say as a singer songwriter. But it's true. Like, I would love that. We're gonna see a music video. We can go on tour together, making, making googly eyes. Yes, <laughs> yes. I want all of that. I don't care. <laughs> I'm an idealist and a romantic, and I'm jealous. I don't know. <laughs> hey, we all are where we are, and that's okay. I know what I want. Or I need, like, this really strong, like, businessman who, like, knows how to, like, you know, make shit happen financially. And I have all these great ideas, and, like, he can help make them happen, you know? Like, we can build a business together. Like, I, think I that's just called a sugar daddy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's what I want. Sorry. Oh, if I wanted, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that if I could just be attracted to whoever he is. Like, oh, that's the problem. That's the ones the... that have hit me up have all been, like, old white men, and I'm like, oh. I can't. I just can't. Like, yeah. I'm not that desperate yet. Old white men really love me, too. I think it's the Mexican thing. I don't, Do you I, get called exotic? I mm-hmm. hate that. I get called exotic all the it time. It makes me want to stab people. I don't mind it so much because I happen to have a thing for white men with beards. So I white, mind it because it just feels, like, so beard. fetishized when they call you exotic. I'm just like, well, that you watch too much Pocahontas porn? Is that what this yeah, is? Yeah, I mean, like, I get... I, I, I'm okay with it a little bit just because... I have a thing for white men with beards. And that's okay if Why you've got a... That? I don't what is know. The beard? I don't know. It's just really primal. Like, <laughs> like maybe you're like a lumberjack and you carry a strong axe and and cut something down. That means you can like slam me against the headboard really hard or something. You know, like I just really like it. The episode I showed you earlier, the episode I showed you earlier with Carrie, listen to it. She says the same thing. She said, she calls herself lumbersexual. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I am too. I think. Yeah. I really, I'm really into that. I didn't know this was so common. Wear a flannel shirt, carry an ax, have a big beard. I'm yours. Wow. Any Paul Bunyans out there, you can email us. It's a weird thing, I know. It's funny. And it's cute. This is so. I'm not that into is, white guys. This so is way too my. I don't care. This is probably the place for it. But go like, it, I really love uh, men with beards when they go down on me too. It's just really. Yeah, I'm really into that. Yeah, and I like that. And I like it whenever they like that. They like walk around like smelling like. Oh, because it's you all know, over yeah, there. Okay, like because it's just I like the primalness of right. it. You know, like they're mad. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. I'm into it. So, 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 and, and seems to be that a lot of guys like that happen to like, they have a, a thing for like dark haired Mexican ladies with a big button, big tits. Right. Which is me. Which, right. So. <laughs> 
Fair enough. That works. So you should get on the Sugar Daddy website because there's a lot of them there. Hmm. I didn't know these websites existed. I know. Yes. I've been living a there's sheltered an life. I, there's an app I need to show you. I'm living a sheltered I life. Got, <laughs> I, I got on there um, literally just a few days ago because this girl I work with got on there and we were talking about it. I'm like, oh, hell, let's see. Let's see what it's like because she was telling me all this stuff. And there's a lot of scammers and weird people too. But there's there's like one young guy who's hit me up. We're texting. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> but there's a ton of older white men who are just like, but you know. Well, I don't want like older, older per well, se. Some of I'm them. like forties. Well, there's some of those in there, okay. so you might you might like it. Hmm. Okay. So you might find hmm. you somebody. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> I'm curious now. <laughs> there's there's some um, there are some younger faces on there too that I blocked because they're in our profession. And they're nearby, and I know them, and I figured that would be a bad idea. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Yeah, it's always kind of weird when you run across someone that you know on something kind of. I mean, Tinder. That depend on Tinder a lot. Too. Yeah, that was one thing. I just swipe left, you know. Although sometimes I would swipe right just out of curiosity. I and then match... I would unblock them if they, or unmatch them if they, if they actually right? did match. I'm just curious. I matched with one um, guy on there on Tinder who I knew already. He was an artist, and I matched with him just so I could send him a, a message teasing him for being on Tinder too. <laughs> yeah, he was. You know, he was already hooking up with one of my friends. I had no intention of hooking up right. with them, but I had to make a comment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there was one guy who I know who I actually hooked up with. We matched on Tinder like three times. Every time, because he'll like deactivate Ditto, and he'll yeah, get back I've on. Those, and so every yeah. time he'd get back on, he'd rematch with me. I'm like, dude, you have my phone number. Just text me. Quit matching with me yeah. on Tinder. This is getting Yeah, crazy. yeah, I've had that too. <laughs> I deactivated Tinder though recently. I, I'm just, I, I, I pulled I, my card a long time ago. I don't I think don't it's going like to work it. for me. Like I really like meeting people in person. It worked for me for the randoms, and then once I was over that, I was like... Yeah, no. I think I'm over so that I phase. I pulled it like six months ago or something. Yeah, I'm over that phase of the breakup now. I had mm-hmm. to whore it up a little bit, mm-hmm. and and now I'm past that. And so now now I'm supposed to be... I think I'm taking me time. I think That's I'm, good. I think me I'm just doing the things that I want to do for myself. And if I happen to... I mean, I feel like every time I, every time I go somewhere, I'm like, oh, that guy's kind of cute. <laughs> I mean, there's like, uh, there may or may not, I, I'm going to go play uh, a show tonight and there may or may not be a guy that I know that's going to be there that I met yesterday that I think is oh, very really? cute. And <laughs> so, you know, mm. I just, I'm curious. He's been messaging me on Facebook because he's a musician too. Oh, so, how fun. Just curious. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I need details. <laughs> <laughs> he has a beard. Of course he does. Of course he does. Not every guy I see with a beard, I'm going to think. I wonder if Felina wants his number. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge, it's a, it's a big possibility. That's yeah. funny. I'll we'll show have, you a few we'll pictures. We'll have a Felina and... dating show. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That'd be hilarious. I, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Three candidates. Yes. yes. And then you can question them. And mm-hmm. oh. oh, my God. Where are we going to find these guys, though? Hmm. We'll have to do uh, there this. Is we'll actually, this there is actually a dating app just for men with beards. Really? Yes. I can't remember what it's called, but I remember discovering I it, it a couple of years ago. Whenever I was still sing- when I was single before, um, and it there was it, I don't think it was even active in Oklahoma uh, at the time. There weren't enough people, but there are so many 
uh, bearded men these days. Like, surely in the last couple of years. There are, and Oklahoma. it's making my life hard. Because I don't really like beards. I like it. I like it so much. <laughs> I'm like, can you just say No, I like it. But I know it's really popular, yeah, but I don't I really like it. I can tolerate a small amount of it. Well, okay, but I can't do hairy men. I like it. I like all the hair. Yeah, see some? Yeah. Some. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't either because I'm so the opposite. Like, no. Well, that's good. Then we won't, t- <laughs> right, we won't be dating the same men. men. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. I'm an attorney, single mom. I like men with beards. She's looking for a man with beards. I so email. Sing, send us play pictures. I sing the guitar and... Uh, and I just hustle every day. So, yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. That's awesome. <laughs> Do a song? We should put a song on here on the episode. Uh, yeah, I'd love to play uh, I, uh, a song called Backside. Okay. Uh, it was a song I was uh, saying was born from my re- most recent breakup. Yes. Uh, I will tell you Send the words to, to the chorus. I'll, I'll, I'll just, just okay. tell you the words to the chorus. Oh, I made you do it. Oh, how weak you must be. My mere little words made you beat the shit out of me. Oh, I love that. I'll get it right next time. I promise you'll see as I'm walking out that door, you'll see the backside of me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, fuck that motherfucker. Absolutely. <laughs> All right.
Instagram and Facebook at Broke Broken Podcast.